0: what would it be like for us to see the church restore as a place where genuine reconciliation and justice is advanced because of the power of the gospel and all of this in a way that points towards christ welcome to the jesus storybook bible podcast a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story that hope shines a light through our darkest moments and that god's love changes lives Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones.
1: Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Today we're talking about the heart of God, which means... We're talking about love and justice and forgiveness and reconciliation because not only are they found in the pages of scripture, they are all at the very heart of God. They originate with him. In the very beginning, God's plan was to reconcile the world to himself, to find a way to rescue the whole world, to send a rescuer. As St. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, quote, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. End quote. Not counting our sins against us, forgiving us. How beautiful. To forgive is to cancel a debt, by paying it or absorbing it yourself. Someone always pays every debt. Let me read to you from my book, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. This entry is called Missing Shovel. In the second world war prisoners of war were building a railroad after their day's work the shovels were counted the guard became enraged one was missing the prisoners were lined up and ordered to stand there until someone admitted they'd stolen the shovel no one said it was them the guard shouted still no one budged the guard threatened to kill all of them unless someone owned up at last one man stepped forward and said he had done it. The guard killed him. Later, at the guardhouse, the tools were recounted. No shovel was missing. The innocent man had sacrificed his life to save the others. 2,000 years ago, an innocent man stepped forward for us and sacrificed his life to save us. John 15:13 says there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Our guest today knows the life-transforming power of that kind of love. It's the center of his life. It has transformed him. It compels him. Pastor Duke Quan has made it his life's mission to bring restoration and healing to his neighbor because that is what God is about. He's made it his mission to incarnate the love of God in the diverse communities he serves, to be a true neighbor. What a beautiful ministry. And front and center of everything Duke says and does is God's love and the beautiful story of God's great love for us that sent him to rescue us and reconcile us to him. It's the story that changes everything. I know you'll be as moved as I was to hear from him. So without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Duke Kwan.
0: We talk about being a church at Grace Meridian Hill that's first and foremost grounded in the gospel, that's sort of the lifeblood and the center of our Christian identity. It's what animates everything that we are and everything that we do. So a gospel community that also believes that the transforming power of the gospel makes us the best kind of loving neighbors to those immediately around us. And the story of the gospel is that Jesus uh, moved into the neighborhood, as it were, in his incarnation, came near to us, not because we asked for him to, not because we wanted for him to, but by his own loving initiative. And that he laid it all down. More than baking us cookies and just being kind to us, he loved us sacrificially. He died for our sins. He lived again by his resurrection to give us life. And that that transforming power of that kind of love then should make us uh, true neighbors ourselves when we encounter that Jesus. And so that's why we talk about being and becoming a spiritually diverse community. That's just the way that we talk about evangelism, that we love our neighbors patiently and respectfully walking with them as they, Lord willing, encounter Jesus. We talk about that transforming us into a cross-cultural community across various racial and ethnic differences, God bringing us together by his grace in reconciled, and forgiving and truth-telling community. Even those terms, uh, reconciliation, justice, even though they are biblical terms, it can also be terms that are associated with a lot of other things um, that make people resist these ideas or at least get exhausted by them and uh, make them tempted to walk away from them. But they are words and callings, vocations that we do find in scripture. And so we can't simply walk away from the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, We can't walk away from God's call for us to do justly, to live lives in our communities that are marked by justice. And I think what really compels me and what I would urge other Christian brothers and sisters to embrace about this sort of twofold idea, calling, is that they emerge not only from the pages of scripture, but they emerge from the very heart of God. In other words, reconciliation and justice, at its heart, is really simply love. The unmatched, unfathomable, unbreakable, covenantal love of God in Christ, first being extended to us from Him, then being extended through us to our neighbors in our broken and fallen world. Reconciliation is simply the healing of ruptured love. It's love being repaired interpersonally in our relationships. And justice is, uh, as Augustine put it many, many years ago, justice is love ruling rightly. It's just an expression of love in more public form. In other words, as I grow in my love for my neighbor, I become concerned about how they are treated in public and not just in private spaces or ecclesial spaces. And so this is really all about loving one another and loving God. In other words, it really does arise out of the very heart of the gospel that most Christians understand, but then need to be brought into a fuller vision of how this can be lived out in community and in our relationships. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Zacchaeus, Jesus said, I'd like to come over to your house. Zacchaeus almost fell out of his tree. Come over to his house? No one ever wanted to come anywhere near his house, let alone inside it. The people saw this and needless to say, it made them even crosser and grumpier than usual. Mumbled and murmured and muttered, why is Jesus being kind to that big sinner? Doesn't Jesus know about him? Zacchaeus scrambled down and took Jesus to his house. He was in a big hurry because he didn't want Jesus to change his mind. Perhaps Jesus hadn't heard about him. Perhaps Jesus didn't know about how he had been stealing and how no one liked him and how he didn't have any friends. But Jesus knew. He knew all about Zacchaeus and the stealing and everything and he still loved him. Zacchaeus was ashamed. "'Lord,' he said, turning pale, What I've done is wrong, but now I want to do the right thing. I will give the money back to everyone four times what I stole. And that's just what he did. Jesus smiled. My friend, he said, today God has rescued you. Jesus loved Zacchaeus when nobody else did. He was Zacchaeus' friend even when no one else was. Because Jesus was showing people what God's love was like is wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. I love this story uh, for a lot of reasons, but actually, as I've read this book countless times to my kids, uh, this story among all of them um, quickly emerged as one of my favorites. So I love it because of the way that it so powerfully illustrates the boundless love of Jesus, the transforming power of that love, right? Here's Jesus extending friendship in the gospel, especially to those who are friendless, and especially to those that you might say have forfeited their rights to friendship, right? The sinner that Zacchaeus was, that we are. I love the story of Jesus's love being extended not through his words initially, but simply through his deeds. I'm going to come and eat with you. But I also love the way that this story shows the power and the capacity that the love of Christ has to transform us, right? That's what happened to Zacchaeus, sort of an illustration of what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 when he talks about how Christ's love constrains us how it grips us, it obligates us, right? So Zacchaeus is not only loved, but as he is loved by Jesus, he changes. He feels an obligation to love in return. And that's exactly what he did, right? He decided what I did was wrong, and now I wanna do the right thing. I'm gonna give money back to everyone four times what I stole, that's what the Bible calls restitution. Right, It's what is what we were describing earlier, the work of restoration, repairing, returning, undoing the wrong that was done with incredible generosity. And this is exactly why Christians should be the first ones to jump in line to undo the harms of our injury and wound-filled past. Christians should be the ones that are the first on our knees to humble ourselves and repent, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And this is again why uh, I think this passage points us to the repairing work of the gospel and of the love of Christ. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, Please visit Sally at Sally jonescom and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible.
1: Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never-stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love.